Welcome to FileMaker Off the Record. You're listening to Thomas and Teresa of Profile Developers, discussing all things FileMaker for developers and power users. Hey, this is Thomas. And Teresa. From Profile Developers. And welcome to FileMaker Off the Record, Episode 8. Today, just wanted to talk about some general FileMaker stuff. One thing I ran into recently, earlier today, that I was working on a project. And I'm using repeating global fields in a card window for data entry. Okay. So there's a section that the user will enter some information on a, like a, it's, it's, it's kind of like a line item. Mm-hmm. And if they enter one line item, then I wanted to have the second, a, a second row of fields appear. Okay. And only if they enter the first. Right. Then the second would appear. If they enter the second, then a third line would appear. Mm-hmm. So instead of showing a whole bunch of blank, a little grid of blank fields, mm-hmm. they appear as you go. Okay. There's a couple uh, important pieces of information. So whenever you enter one of those, even though there's more to enter on the line, the next line will already appear. So it's kind of like how a portal would deal with it. A portal with... Allow um, record allow creation. record creation. Right. Yeah. But the way these were originally done, they were already repeating fields. And so I changed them to, they're each an individual field, but they're showing, row two is showing the second repetition of each of the fields. Row three mm-hmm. is showing the third repetition of each of those fields. And so they're, and they're so all, on. are they all broken out or are they one object? No, they're all broken out. Okay. Because you can't hide the second, third, fourth repetition if it's just one object. Okay. Because you're using hide object when on those elements. Exactly. Okay. What had happened, so I have, let's say, let's say it's the key field. Whenever the key field in the first row is entered, then the second row will appear because you're going to move on to that one. Mm-hmm. It needs to be there if it's available. When you enter the key field in the second row, the third row will appear. What was happening was the second row, I, I couldn't get to appear whenever you enter the data in the first. Mm-hmm. And the hide object went. So the, the row started with a uh, just a text object that said row two. Mm-hmm. And then the fields appeared. The fields were off to the side. The two would show up, but none of the fields would show up. But if I did something to force them, or I took the hide object went off so that they were there, and then I entered the key field on the second row, the third row would show up just as expected. When I entered it in the third row, the fourth row would show up just as expected. So the so the on the hide object when wasn't working. The the, the hide object and when was not doing anything on that second row. It was driving me nuts. You know, I'm copying and pasting the exact hide object when because it worked on the text object. It just wasn't working on the fields. What I learned because you told me. <laughs> was there's an issue with hide object when right. and repeating fields. Because what it was, was that when you said if is empty repetition one, but you were using the field name, but not the not defining the repetition. I didn't define the repetition. And that's what was holding it up. It, it wasn't working because it wanted the one. In brackets. In brackets, mm-hmm. right? Because there's there's different ways to get. You can you can also you wrap it. You don't always need. You don't the way that repeating fields work. If you want the first one, 
you just don't have to put anything and it's assumed. Mm -hmm. And this is, I, I, some people use, um, they'll just wrap get repetition around mm -hmm. the field. A shorthand way of entering that is to have the field name, then an open bracket, the repetition number, and a closed bracket. Mm -hmm. When you're using repetition two, three, four, it's, you know, you have to put them. There's no other way to grab that information. Mm -hmm. But on the first one, you can skip it and it's assumed. But to make hide object one work, it won't work unless you actually put those brackets mm -hmm. and the number one. I wonder if there are other things in FileMaker 16 and or 17 that have the same type of uh, requirement that you should need to define the repetition number for that first repetition in order for it to work. Because we don't use repeating fields much at all. You know, we're using it in this global instance, but we don't often display them and use them like this. Yeah, I can't actually, I can't even think of a situation where I've used a repeating field that was not a global for some sort of, for, for manipulating data, you're using it for data entry. Yeah, I, I think uh, sometimes we'll use it mostly for temporary storage, just to have some fields that need to grab some data. It's easy to throw them in and then we move them anyway. So it could be a global situation or, or we're using... It's coming from a client solution that was built a long time ago. They'll have repeated fields in there that we then have to move data from. Yeah, that was one thing I ran into today that was... Frustrating. That was frustrating, and that was a pretty decent 10 minutes, Right. Of which is great in, for me in developer time. I wasted mm -hmm. 10 minutes and not three and a half hours. Right. I'm happy with wasting 10 minutes. But it was it was a it was a very frustrating ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had that same ten minutes when I ran into it. <laughs> also, <laughs> and I will put an example of that in the show notes mm -hmm. uh, in case what I'm saying isn't particularly clear. One other thing that had just come up recently, I've you know I've been developing in FileMaker a long time, and I never really I didn't realize this functionality was there in table mode, which I don't use table mode a lot. I use it for developer layouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the best way to, to view data in mass and to oh. compare IDs. I love table view for that, but I don't use it for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I generally don't give users access to it. Right. Because it's I, a little dangerous with I think, those plus buttons. Right. And I think it confuses. It looks like Excel, but it doesn't work like Excel. Right. Yeah. And and I, you, I, you've I, had clients who have specifically requested, you know, they want they want Excel and they see table view and they say, oh, that's exactly what I want. And you say, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what you think you want. It's yeah. not going to act like Excel. So I agree that it's, it can be a confusing layout for users. A responsibility of developers when working with clients is to give the client what they need, not what they ask for. Yeah, it's a very good point. So in table mode, one, one of the things that I never liked about it is that little plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so easy. Both of them. Yeah, it's so easy to hit the little plus in the field. Uh, in the column. In the field header. Yeah. Which automatically creates a new field. Mm -hmm. And we we aren't used to creating fields that way because we were raised in the age of defined database, not in the I don't even remember what it's called. The field. The field picker. Yes, the field picker window. Even the field picker isn't bad. It, 
I, been, I never use it. I've been told again and again to use the field picker, and mm-hmm. it's so it's so foreign to me. I yeah. don't know why I'm having so much trouble using it. I force myself. I keep it open now. Yeah. And I force myself to use it, and it's absolutely it's it works great. Yeah, I, I do. I do like it for adding fields to layouts because you can pick from a related table. You know, it, rather than dragging the single field down to you know and having to do it one at a time you can grab a whole chunk and so that's nice but i have i very 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 rarely use it to create any fields so i'm trying to get used to using that more Mm -hmm. but when you're in table mode i would hit the plus it would create a field so i have to go into field definitions and, and delete it and delete it i did not realize that command z will uncreate the field that was just created with the plus. That's nice. You know, it's not that I did it all that much, Mm -hmm. but when it would happen, I was just instantly frustrated. If I would have, I think I never even thought to try it. Well, Command Z doesn't do a whole heck of a lot in the realm of data for FileMaker. (laughs) I mean, you know, you can... In development. Well, but in development, now that you can, um, you have multiple undos in layout mode. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I use it. Thank there. you, FileMaker. Oh, yes, for thank multiple you very much. That's and, and very, very, very handy. But with data, if you make a change in a field, you know, undo only takes can take that away. Say you paste. Uh, so, like, if you if you copied some text from some other document and you need to paste it into a field in FileMaker, if you paste it into a text field. If there's formatting applied to that text, if you hit Control or Command Z, it will remove the formatting. Yeah, I like that. Yes, that's very handy. If you do it again, it'll remove the text from the field. It'll undo the paste function. And it's just, you know, creating a field with that little plus in table mode doesn't feel proper, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess. You know, because it... uh, It's too on the fly. Yeah. So that was was, uh, those couple little tips. couple little tips. I was listening to an interview the other day, uh, something with normal things, normal people, not related to FileMaker. Just, <laughs> just FileMaker's a, not normal? What? You know what regular people do. Things, you know. Well, anyway, there, it was... A, like what? It was just a... It was a celebrity. Like a business or... It, it, was a, it, was, it was like a celebrity interview. Okay. And what they did was typed in to Google the celebrity's name mm-hmm. and then is, has... To see what to, the autofill is? To see what the autofill is. Oh, okay. Is. What a fun game. Which I... Th- <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the one I listened to, it was really entertaining. Yeah. This is not going to be that entertaining. Okay. But <laughs> I thought we could do the same thing with FileMaker. Uh-huh. So what I did was FileMaker How To. Okay. Okay. And what pops up? And the first one is how to get 32 or 64. So to download the it, installers from right. the different... Uh, I don't find that interesting. So the next one came up was uh, FileMaker How to Use. Oh. Which, if you want to know how to use FileMaker, aside from going to FileMaker.com, listen to podcasts mm-hmm. like FileMaker Off the Record. Right. That'd be a that's, good that's a great way idea. to learn how to use it. The next one is FileMaker How to Use Lookup. Oh. I've been working with FileMaker since uh, around version two. Mm-hmm. In the dark ages. Yeah. And 
FileMaker lookups were were it. That was how you got information from one literally one file, one file to, to the another. other because there were no relationships. The files were not. There was no relationship graph. That oh tied my god! Fields yeah, together. relationship graph came way later. Okay, that was like seven. Yeah. But... See, I I didn't get into FileMaker until eight point five. Right. So a lot of this. A lot of the old stuff is is still amazing to me. So a FileMaker lookup, which will pull data from another table and put it into a field in your local table. Mm -hmm. And it triggers a bunch of different ways. But with the lookup in modern FileMaker works exactly the same way, right? The lookup lookup functionality is still there. Mm -hmm. And the re-lookup function is still there in the menus. Mm Mm-hmm. And it works exactly the same as it did then. Mm-hmm. Instead of using lookup, I will use auto-enter calculation. And I haven't found yet anywhere where I think that lookup is better than auto-enter calculation. Auto-enter calculation does a lot more, has a lot more power, mm-hmm. and can do a lot more things. The lookup was quite limited in well, cause, what it could cause do. Because the lookup function doesn't have the calculation engine at its disposal no. right yeah. okay so this so 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 the lookup function is pretty much to pull a single value from a single field selected from a related table to the table that you are sitting in right so that is yeah i would say much much more limited than the calculation engine yes <laughs> And it has a couple of options. If there's no exact match for the relationship, then do not copy. Otherwise, if there's no exact match, then copy the next lower value, the next higher value. Or you can put in a... Like a serial incremented number? Or, no. or just, just a, just a value. flat value? And that's it. And this has been there since the beginning. In essence, would a use for this be something like... So let's say we have orders and shipments in a solution. And there's an order number for every order that's automatically generated. Maybe it's a serial incremented uh, auto enter value. And the shipment, there should always be a corresponding shipment for every order. And the shipment number by default is the order number so that they match. Okay. In this system, in the shipment table, you would create a field that could use lookup to grab the related order number and autofill the shipment order number. Sure. And that would be a good way to use this or a reasonable yeah. way? Yeah. Uh, because I I think I have honestly never used lookup. I would bet that you haven't because... Because you taught me what <laughs> yeah, I know I did in most, FileMaker. <laughs> I did most of your training. Right. And I stopped using lookup. Years before that. Years before that. And... And I would expect that I did not teach you that. Right. I, I know that in, in some client work, I have run into solutions where they had lookup fields and I had to deal with them, but it's been few and far between. Yeah, it does, you know, it does come up and it's absolutely, particularly in older solutions mm-hmm. that you do see it. Yeah. Or, or with developers who lean more towards the citizen developer and, or it's, you know, the guy in the design department who they said, hey, you can make this system. And looking up a single field, it was easy, and it worked, and it grabbed that value. That's where I would see it. So that's FileMaker how to use lookup. FileMaker how to delete duplicate records. Ooh. That comes up a lot. Yes. That comes up a lot in a solution we're working on. Well, 
Well, sometimes. <laughs> because they are allowed, they have we're, access to the duplicate command. Well, that, <laughs> that's part of it. We're creating a system that is taking data from an existing system mm-hmm. where not all of the data has been normalized. Oh, yeah. And that's a whole nother discussion. So I don't want to go real far into that. But right. one, of the, one of the issues you run into, if a duplicate record is really a duplicate, like mm-hmm. an exact duplicate where the ID, the key field mm-hmm. of the record has duplicated, if you just delete that record and you have cascading deletes turned on... That could be dangerous. You're, yeah, you're now deleting for both records. You're deleting all the related information. Right. So... One of the tips for that would be... Tread carefully. Yeah, be very careful. (laughs) Turn off all your cascading deletes. Right. If that's practical. You know, you have to think it through and see what's what's what. Right, but you have to have a process for it, right? That there's a step by step. Because, again, if you... If the context that you're in does have cascading deletes on, and then you... And maybe there's multiples. If it's a busy relationship graph, you need to know what you need to turn back on when you're finished. Especially if you discover this problem after a year of people accidentally creating duplicates. Because, yeah, it does happen. If the users have access to the duplicate command and they accidentally hit it, we've seen solutions where people are working quickly. They're typing fast. You can see their typos. They're just moving too quickly and they're going to hit the wrong key and accidentally duplicate. And you'd never know it. If none of the data changed <laughs> and there's no, uh, well, in, in that particular system, the, the, the client ID would, because that's an auto enter serial and that, that won't increments. duplicate, that will increment. But yeah, in that situation, we also have an, an under the hood get UUID as the ID, the key field for that, for those records. And that can get duplicated. If you have do not replace existing. Mm-hmm. checked on the key field and you're using a get UUID under auto enter by calculation. If do not replace existing is checked, mm-hmm. then you will get duplicate IDs. Mm-hmm. Even if your validation is... Looking for unique. Yeah. Yeah. So so how do you find duplicate records in order to delete them? You have to know what a duplicate record is for you. Right. In a lot of solutions, if you're looking at your contacts, mm-hmm. if you happen to have contacts, going by the name... No, that, yeah, that can be messy. Can but be very messy. But if we're going by the ID, a simple way to find duplicates oh, is yes. to go to the key field, yes. go into find mode, and just put an exclamation point in there, and it will search for duplicate values in a field. The only time that that doesn't work is if you're searching on large text fields, because when you're searching inside a text field and it's looking for duplicates, um, there's a limit to how many characters it will search in. That's where, because I've tried to do that before where I was looking, you know, I've got a system that imports imports the text of files into a field. There's thousands of characters in there because these are HTML files that then get parsed and um, distributed throughout the system as uh, other snippets. Trying to find a duplicate there just wasn't going to work. So those are considerations when searching for duplicates. So the next one, FileMaker, how to delete multiple records Hmm. under the records menu. There's Mm -hmm. delete found set. Yes, but there isn't a delete multiple in the same sense that there's an omit multiple. 
Because that, right. that, yeah, you, you can say, oh, you can't say delete from where I'm at and just go five records or 20 records. Right. Because that's dangerous. Anytime you're deleting records in FileMaker, there is no turning back unless and you've got a backup handy. <laughs> with regards to the delete found set menu option, mm-hmm. many of our clients and their users don't even know that exists. That's one of the first things I because you pull take out it away of the custom menus. I use custom menus to remove delete all records. Right. Which so delete, if you have a found set. That, well, that's what delete. it that's what it yeah. deletes, yeah. So, but the command is delete all Actually, records. Cuz that is the total. Uh, omit some of those and see if it changes. I bet if you omit, it'll say delete found records. So you were right on both. I was right on both. Yes. Because I, I knew it didn't say all records all the time. So I just removed that command completely. And uh, sometimes you hear about it. Sometimes I do. <laughs> Depends on the client. You when know, the clients call it, and they say, can we please have delete back? And those are the same clients who end up making mistakes with their data entry. You know, So sometimes if they are creating records and then they go back and go, whoops, that was a duplicate. Yeah. <laughs> they would like to delete one. And so, yeah, they want that. Delete all records and replace. Yes. Uh, the most dangerous. Those are the two I remove. Commands it's just available. Too, too easy to do too much damage. Yeah, because, again, there is no undo right. for deleting a record. FileMaker how to search for empty fields. Ooh, that's a good one. How do you search for an empty field? In whatever layout you're in. You go to find mode, and the field that you would like to find as empty, you would put an equal sign inside. Right. Well, there's a tip for your beginners. Right. <laughs> Although, I mean, um, one thing to for complex searches or scripted searches, one thing that can come up, and it's come up for us in a couple of situations where we might have a Boolean field that sometimes has a zero, sometimes has a one, and sometimes is empty. So to make sure that you create another find request to take into account empties as well as zeros in some of those situations unless you have full control over you know the uh, the contents of that field but that's something that we've run into yeah also to, to have multiple find requests to handle that when you're using wildcards mm-hmm. so if you're if you're looking for a field that has one character you want for whatever reason you just want to find one character then you put an at symbol in Mm -hmm. and an at symbol means one single character right if you are looking for an unknown length or a minimum let's say you're looking for a a minimum of three characters okay then the way that you would do that is at 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 asterisk okay and because an asterisk means zero or more characters right that's that's a wild card from then on it's a wild card right but if you're looking for any length of characters but not empty you you don't want empty you Mm -hmm. just want any length of characters if you put an asterisk in now it means one or more characters yeah anything but if there's an at in front of it it means zero or more characters that's interesting I, I, i don't like that Mm. <laughs> it is what it is, but yeah, I don't find myself doing finds with ats because again, in those in those table view developer layouts that we have, I'll use those to do complex finds for myself. If I'm trying to figure out an issue with perhaps there's data, there's a solution that we work with that we are importing data from 
there's a, there's an original system and we are building a new version of that system, but it has none of the original structure of the system. So when we're importing that data, it's a completely scripted import. We pull the data out of that system and then import it in piecemeal into the new system. And in some situation, while we are debugging this process and while we are filling in all the blanks, making sure that everything works, there's holes in the data. And so we have to go through those tables and I'll do a find, you know, okay, I need everything that has uh, an amount, but doesn't have a date and doesn't have an item description and doesn't have an ID in this field, you know, and you've got an asterisk in one and the equals in another for empties. And it's just kind of, there's a multitude of find requests with a bunch of different, <laughs> you know, to make sure that I'm finding every iteration of what what's missing yeah. in this table. FileMaker, how to use custom functions. Yeah, that's a good one because for newer users, custom functions are confusing. What changed in 17 is that FileMaker Pro is no longer a thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets FileMaker Advanced and you have to have FileMaker Advanced in order to create or modify custom functions. You don't need advanced to be able to use custom functions, mm -hmm. but you can't create them. You couldn't create them just in a copy of FileMaker Pro. Right. And if you have your FileMaker 17 advanced and you turn off the advanced features, you can't modify custom functions. You can't create new custom functions. Okay. But you can see them because you, you can, you can, use can them. access them yep. because they're available to the script. They're available to everyone. So in modularfilemaker.org previously, it was recommended, though I don't believe it was a rule, to not use custom functions because then... Oh, they weren't portable. They weren't portable with regards to people that were just using Pro. Right. And now that everybody has advanced, I think that guideline has been loosened okay. to where it doesn't matter so much anymore. How to use custom functions? You use custom functions just like you use any other function. Right. How to create custom functions, that's a whole other thing, and how to write them and... Yeah, but at at its core, a custom function is a calculation that is wrapped inside this function and you feed it an input, or you feed it inputs, and you could get to define them, but it's a calculation that works on those inputs and produces a result. Yeah, any, any complex function that you find yourself writing over and over. Right, you, you could put in there, but it doesn't have to be complex. Someone could huh. write a custom function that simply builds initials out of first name, middle name, last name, sure. that can be their custom function. So it doesn't have to be complicated. It's just a way to wrap a calculation inside something that you can name yourself. FileMaker, how to install plugins. Yeah. That's the last one that comes up on my list. Mm -hmm. How to install plugins. So how do you install plugins? I like to use the install plugin script step. Mm. That is the easiest way to install plugins. Shove the plugin into a container and write a script. The script will check to see if the plugin is already installed, checks the version mm -hmm. number of the one that you want to install. Mm -hmm. If it's higher, replace. If it's not there, go ahead and install it. If you use the script step, then you don't need to restart FileMaker. If you just drop the plugin into, because you can also do this from 
the operating system. Mm -hmm. And if you just drop the plugin into the extensions folder or into the library, mm -hmm. uh, library directory on a Mac, either of those, you have to restart FileMaker in order for it to load the plugin. So in that situation, you would have a plugins table. We typically work with a separation model. And so in the interface table, you would have a plugins table. Sure. And yeah. in that, would you keep multiple versions of plugins or would you have the plugins check for available versions online? And uh, how, how would you go about managing that? What I normally do, I'll create my, my creative table for plugins and the, the fields would be a container for the actual plugin and a field for the version mm -hmm. and then get the version number. The script would have a get version number for existing plugins using that plugins version function. And if it's higher, then go ahead and swap it out, replace the plug-in with the newer version. Mm -hmm. I don't keep older versions in there. Yeah, there's no need for it nowadays. Everything's so flexible. Yeah, it hasn't. There, there's not a lot of limitations with the OS or with FileMaker version to stop a plug-in from working right. across versions. That was our topic, was to mm -hmm. go over. To, to play the, uh, the Google autofill game. Is that what that's called? Yes. <laughs> it's the Google autofill game. Now, does uh, does Google's predictive function, it defaults like the first couple, aren't they keyed to like recent searches? Because the does the browser like cache re recent searches? So if I type the same thing in that I searched earlier, yeah, it seems... it's going to autofill on that. So we, we should have a talk about how to mimic a Google style search in FileMaker because we get that sometimes where people ask for it. And this kind of goes back to us giving a client what they need, not what they ask for. <laughs> because in, you know, almost 100% of cases, they aren't searching everything everywhere in the database. They're searching two tables and, you know, you don't need that kind of power. Although, who was it? Was it Navarre? Matt Navarre had a tool that was a FM search FM results. FM search results, yeah. Yeah, and that was a Google-style results from uh, so maybe we can yeah. take a look at that sometime and talk about it if i've I'm, never played with it i know you did if i remember right what he had said was that users are you know google's the most common search engine mm -hmm. and the and other search like the engines work the same bing right. bing you know they all it's it's one field where you type yeah. and that users are trained to use that right and we have quick find which is similar Right. But the problem is if, with the spaces, you know, right. there's there's lots of issues. Yeah. And what FM search results did, I believe it would it would also look for patterns. Okay. So if you would type in a phone number, it would go and make an look assumption for and assume yeah. as phone numbers. Yeah. And it could also show results from different tables, whereas QuickFind deals with, you know, where the you're at. That are there. Right. So that's what I want to talk about today. And right. we talked about it. Yeah, that was fun. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. We will be back in... <laughs> I've been reluctant to say, well, we'll be back in two weeks. Right. Because then I have to be back in two weeks. Right. 
<laughs> hitting that kind of consistency is hard whenever you know whenever you got... have work and you have children and right. you have family mm-hmm. responsibilities and we will be back soon, soon. <laughs> so again thanks for listening and we will see you next time yep thank you